The Old Testament. Starting at the 19th verse. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, and Paddan Armin, of Paddan Armin, sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife, because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. The children struggled together with her, and she said, If it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her her time, when her time to give birth was at hand. There were twins in her womb. The first came out red and all his body like hairy, like a hairy mantle. So they named him Esau. And afterward his brother came out with his hand gripping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. And when the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man living in the tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore, he was called Edom. Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is my birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And from the 13th chapter of Matthew, we hear this parable, sometimes called the parable of the sower. Starts in the first verse and then goes on to the ninth. And then later on, Jesus, in a rare occurrence, explains this parable to his disciples. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there. And while the whole crowd stood on the beach, he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on a path, and the birds came and ate them up. And other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose and they were scorched, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty 
some thirty. Let everyone with ears listen. Hear the parable of the sower, Jesus said later to his disciples. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has sown in his heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for the one who was sown on good soil, this one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and in another thirty, friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. parable bothers me, and it bothers me mostly because I used to live in Nebraska. And I know how important seeds are. I never really thought about this until I lived in Nebraska. But, you know, older men in Nebraska who can no longer farm or can no longer farm as much as they once did take a side job selling seeds. And it's a big competition. I sell harvest seeds. I sell growth seeds. I sell seeds. I sell... It's all corn. They're all selling corn. But this is so scientifically defined, these seeds, by these men, or by these scientists, or by these farmers, that they can tell you within fractions of an inch how much corn each kind of seed is going to yield and how much of it's going to be good corn and how much of it's going to have to go to fodder. Kids in Nebraska go to college to study seeds and soil and other things, but There are whole majors in Nebraska colleges about agronomy and agriculture. And they're scientific. These kids learn a lot of biology and botany and chemistry before they do it. They study the soil, too, in the same ways. And in case you're wondering... I never, never, ever met anybody in Nebraska who farmed who didn't at least have a bachelor's degree. They're very educated in that state. Over 98% of the high school students graduate. So they're serious about their seeds. And then there's this text that we have here. 
where the farmer threw seeds over here, and he threw seeds over here, and he threw seeds over here, and he threw seeds, four different places and threw seeds. And I, I went back and looked at this text very carefully because they say the seeds fell on rocky ground, the seeds fell on shallow ground, the seeds fell, they fell everywhere. And I thought for sure when I got to the good soil that they would say, and the farmer sowed seeds in the good soil. Nope, the seeds fell in good soil. They just fell wherever he threw them. It's hard for me to understand. Seeds are an important commodity. You don't waste them. And yet... I remembered something that happened to me just a few weeks ago. Monsignor Calavani died. He was a great, great man of God in Steubenville. And his sister Janet is one of my mom's dear friends. Her kids call Mary Harley Aunt Mary. They have since they were little, little bitty things. And my mother, instead of flowers, wanted to make cookies. So she made like this big, you know those big trays? She made four big trays of cookies like this. Cookies were a commodity. They were important. You want to hold on to them. But as she was putting them on the trays, every once in a while she'd drop one. And Vanessa was there to snatch them up right away. I bet you Vanessa ate a dozen cookies that day. Vanessa's very good about getting out of her way so that she doesn't trip and all those kinds of things. Vanessa was right at her toes the whole time trying to get that commodity. Sometimes they drop, right? Sometimes seeds drop. So that could have been it. When they fell on different ground, maybe it dropped a few seeds. But I don't think so. See, the seeds represent the word of God. Now, when we hear word of God, we think the, the word of God as in the scriptures. That's one way to think about word of God. Word of God, Karl Barth said, word of God with a small w is the scriptures. Critically important to us as Christians to know what's in the scriptures. We live by the scriptures. They're a light to our path. We know where to go because what's there. But Karl Barth also said, the word of God with a large W, with a capital W, is Jesus himself. The seeds are the word of God. The seeds are Jesus. The message of Jesus Some people hear, and they're joyful for a little while, like kids that go to camp, you know? I found Jesus. I'm so excited. And they're here for like two Sundays, and then you never see them again. Some of you are running into this, I think, when you're asking your friends to come to church. They say, the word of Jesus It's so exciting, and people don't want to hear it. thorny ground right the word of Jesus has to be received into your heart 
into good soil that's ready to receive it and understand it and take it in and live it. That's the word of Jesus. But you know what? This thing about sowing seeds still bothers me. Because the seeds fell everywhere. You don't waste a commodity. You don't throw perfectly good homemade cookies to a dog. Or seeds to ground that's not going to grow it. Or do you? Because here's the thing. Sometimes when the word of God is sown on shallow soil, that daisy pops up in the cracks in the sidewalk. Sometimes when it falls amongst thorny ground, that person who has been saying to you all along, I don't want to hear it, sits down and says, I'm ready to listen. Sometimes the word of God falls on good soil. Somebody who has been waiting for you to tell them the message of the word of Jesus. Because here's the thing that ultimately this whole thing is about. It's a secret. I'm telling you a secret. It's not up to the sower. It's not even up to the seed or the soil. The whole part of this and how it's going to grow is God's doing. God takes charge of that. When you're sitting around and worrying about what kind of soil you're going to sow when you tell people about Jesus or when you invite them to church or when you invite them to our events, our steak fry or our swim party or whatever it is, which, by the way, is the best way to invite people. Pray that the soil is good. But don't worry if it doesn't take because it's God's job to oversee all of that. We in the church, you know, get our shorts in a wad because, oh, can I use that expression? I guess I did. We get all upset about the fact that in the 1950s and 60s, the church was booming and churches like this had, you know... I don't know what, you had to come early to get a seat and our Christian education building was completely full from head to toe with little children. Now, you tell me that story. I'm not sure I really believe it. That is your memory of what happened. I don't know if it really did or not. That's part of the problem with the church. But, oh my gosh, we used to be so great. There's a person in this church, if I tell him that we have 20 kids doing something great in this church, he'll go, well, we used to have 200. Well, I bet you did. But don't dismiss the 20 because we used to have 200. 
But see, here's what happens with the church. And the best book I know about this is by Joan Gray, who wrote a book called The Sailboat Church. And she says, we as a church, we try to row and row and row and row to get the church going. We try to get the seeds to grow. We do all our research and all our study and look at the soil and all this kind of stuff when we ought to be like a sailboat and just put out our sails and let the Holy Spirit carry us through. Plant the seeds. Let God do the rest. Amen? Amen.